Now, Lord, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. You are our strength and our redeemer. Preaching cannot take place unless your presence shows up mightily in this place. Move me, hide me, dear God. Use me according to thy will. Be pleased in all that your servant says and does. In Jesus' name we pray. All of those who love the Lord said amen. 1 Samuel chapter 1, beginning at verse 19. Here's what the Bible says. Then they rose early in the morning and worshiped before the Lord and returned and came to their house at Ramah. And Elkanah knew Hannah, his wife, and the Lord remembered her. Verse 20 says, So it came to pass in the process of time. Say it with me, in the process of time. That Hannah conceived and bore a son and called his name Samuel, saying, Because I have asked for him from the Lord. I want to add to that verse 26. Here's what it says. And she said, Oh, my Lord, as your soul lives, my Lord, I am the woman who stood by you here praying to the Lord. I want to talk in this last installment series of this sermon series, It's My Winning Season. I won because I didn't quit. I won. Come on, say it with me. I won because I didn't quit. Come on, say this with me. I'm winning because I refuse to quit. Now, ask your neighbor as you take your seat, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? And they rose early the next morning and worshiped before the Lord. Holding on to your faith is probably one of the hardest things you will have to do when you're trying to win at anything. Whenever you are trying to make it to the next level of whatever it is that God has set before you, holding on to your faith is a hard thing to do. Whether it is in your family, your career, your health, your finances, or any other form of progress, you will be challenged when you are trying to get to the next level. The enemy of God is always there seeking to trip us up and to remind us of the things that are behind us whenever we are trying to win. If you dropped it, if you messed up, if you made a mistake, he's always trying to remind you of that because he knows if he can get inside of your thinking and make your thinking stinking, then he can mess up your opportunity for your victory. And although it would appear that our flesh has a physical toll and takes its toll on us, it is in the mind that we begin to lose the battle long before the external victory is ever handed over. If you're going to pursue a godly victory, quitting cannot be your end game. Quitting can never happen because winners will never quit, but we know quitters will never win. We understand that whenever we are caught up in anything of a godly discipline, that we've got to seek the Lord and be not weary in our well-doing. The thing that trips us up so often is that we overlook Galatians 6 and 9 and says, let us not grow weary because weariness is a growing process. 
In other words, it slips in suddenly, and then it subtly grows on you, and before you know it, the warrior in you has become a wearier in you, and you are tired of the thing that you have asked the Lord for. You ask God for it. You beg God for it, but now that you got it, you have grown tired of it because the results are not taking place as fast as you hope they would take place, and things are not happening at your pace. Preach, Pastor Norman, I think I will. The weariness sets in on us, and when weariness grabs us or grips us, we begin to look for a way of escape that is not in God's Word, as in 1 Corinthians 10 and 13. We try to tell folk we don't want it no more. It's not all we thought it was going to be, or people are treating us bad. But I need to tell you, if you are ever going to obtain a godly victory, you got to stay in the race, and you got to learn how to keep the faith. You got to do it because people who quit will always wonder if they had stayed in it what the result would have been. But I need to help about 10 of us in here today. You are sitting in a winning season in your life, in a winning place where we preach victory and we lift up hope and we encourage one another in this place. People often say you need to tell us more about the penalty of sin. You already know what the penalty of sin is, but I'm going to teach you how to win and you already know about to sin. Lord, help me in here. The reality of it is, is that we have got to learn that in order to keep on winning, you got to get up and do what the Lord has set in front of you. I like this particular text that is before me. It is a story about a sister by the name of Hannah, and I believe Hannah was a bold sister because here she was. She's married to a man who does not, miss, not, does not understand her. She has the burden of barrenness. She's being picked on by Penina, and then her her authentic worship is being questioned in the place where she goes. Rewind, Pastor, say it again. She's known by the burden of barrenness. You read it, chapter 1, she is barren. She can't have children, but yet the woman who is also the side chick to her husband has a house full of children, and he loves Hannah, but then yet he does not know how to minister to Hannah because he misunderstands Hannah by giving her stuff rather than by giving her love. He's being, she's being picked on by Penina, and Penina is, ta is taunting her and telling her, you're barren, but then when she takes her problem to worship, even the priest looks at her and says, she's drunk. I need to help somebody in here. If there's ever been a person who should have given up in my mind, it should have been Hannah. But what I like about Hannah is the Bible says that even after going through all that, Lord, help me in here, there was another day in her life. Tell somebody you got to resist the spirit to because the spirit to quit comes in and gets in your mind and heaps itself up on you and shows you all of the negative. But here's what Hannah did in verse 19. The Bible said that even after she had been through 18 verses of dismay and dysfunction, even at home and at worship, she got up the next day. Lord, help me in here. After you resist the spirit of uh, quitting, you got to tell somebody the next day matters more than yesterday because what happens to us is that we focus so much on yesterday that we miss the next day. Uh-huh, I'm going to help you if you let me because here's what you got to know. What happened yesterday really don't matter. It's what you do on the next day that matters the most. Some of us are still talking about what people did to us yesterday. Some of us are still talking about what we lost yesterday. Some of us are still looking back of what happened to us yesterday. But tell somebody it ain't yesterday that matters. It's the next day that matters the most. 
You see, after it happened, you got to make up your mind to get up. You got to rise up. You got to wake up. You got to put on some makeup. You got to put your clothes on. You got to get out the house and high five your name and tell them you got to try again. What happens to us is that we give up on the day that it happened, but tell somebody, I plan on winning, so I'm not going to give up. I wish I had some witnesses in this house today because you recognize the spirit of quitting is on your shoulder. It's on your back. It's trying to give you every reason to stop, but tell somebody, I feel like going on. Although trials come on every hand, I feel like getting up and going on and resisting the spirit of quitting. What do you mean, preacher? Verse 19, there it is. The Bible says, and early the next morning, and early the next morning, after she had been to church the day before, the Bible said early the next morning, she got up and she went back. Touch your name and tell him I'm back. Uh, after last Sunday, it hurt to be here, but guess what? I'm back again. After being talked about on Monday, I'm still back. After being ridiculed on Tuesday, tell somebody I'm back. After going to work on Wednesday and realizing that I was broke already, I'm back. After getting up on Thursday and folk had talked about me and lied on me, tell somebody I'm back. After almost losing my mind on Friday, tell somebody I'm back. After sleeping all day on Saturday, tell somebody I'm back. Do I have anybody in here today that made up their mind that no matter how bad yesterday was, that I'm glad I got up this morning. Oh, wish I had about 10 more witnesses in here. Tell somebody, when you get up the next day, you have overruled yesterday. When you get up the next day, you say yesterday is gone, but tomorrow is my future. I wish I had some next day folk in here right now that survived your yesterday. You had hell on yesterday. You had trouble on yesterday. You lost friends on yesterday. You lost money on yesterday. You almost lost your mind yesterday. Oh, but tell somebody I'm in my next day. I got up today. I got strength today. I'm going to make it today because I got over yesterday and I'm going on to the next day. The Bible said the next day, the next day, they got up early in the morning. Oh, uh, uh, I feel pretty good today. But if you saw me about 8 o'clock last night, I was hurting all over. I, I had it in my mind that after waking up, having an 8 o'clock meeting before I got to my 9 o'clock meeting, that I could go buy some cross ties, put them in my truck, take them home, and lay them in the flower bed. After watching two men put two cross ties on my truck with a lift, they convinced me that if I had a wheelbarrow, you can get them off, and then you can put them in place. Touch your neighbor and say, people tell you anything when they're trying to sell you something. Cross ties are big enough to support trains. They call them railroad cross ties. Uh-huh, I got them home. I got my little wheelbarrow. I started pulling them off the truck. I got them as far as I could with the strength that I had. One of them was over there by the basketball goal. The other one, I worked in the hallway to the other side of the house. I'd work about 15 or 20 minutes. Then I'd stop and give me some water. Then I'd go over there and work about 15 or 20 more minutes. Then I'd stop and give me some more water. Then I promised myself, if you get these things in place, you can have a beer. Y'all will catch that on the way home. Sometimes you got to put something in front of you that you want to work for. 
Y'all too saved to shout on that. But I wish I had some saved folk in here with me that don't mind saying hallelujah. Here I am. I said, I'm going to try to go ahead and get these things in place. And here I am. I was hurting because it was too much for me to carry. But then after I laid there and hurt a while, I said, let me stretch myself. I fell asleep in my chair. I eventually got them in place with some help. But here's what I need to tell you about 8 o'clock last night. I said, I don't know how I'm going to feel when I get up in the morning. But the good news about God is, if you'll put yesterday behind, you'll feel pretty good today. Tell somebody my arms are moving. My legs are moving. I don't feel no pain right now. Didn't have to take nothing for it because I made up in my mind that I was going to get up the next day. Do I have anybody in here that's been through a few things in your life? I don't know if it was physical, mental, emotional, or financial, but tell somebody, make up your mind. You're going to get up the next day. Is there anybody in here right now that can stand on your feet? Tell somebody, I'm walking in my next day. I've been through my yesterday. I survived the other day. I made it through the last day. I'm walking in my next day. Tell somebody, it don't hurt like it hurt yesterday. It don't feel like it feel yesterday. God has renewed my strength. Tell somebody, I feel pretty good right now because I made up my mind. I'm going to make it through yesterday and go on to the next day. High five somebody and tell them you in your next day. Don't sit down. Did anybody lose anything yesterday? Tell somebody you can recover it if you wake it to the next day. Was anybody sick yesterday? Tell somebody if you get up, you can be healed the next day. I need to help somebody in here. Do I have any folk in here that made it to the next day and say I'm healed in my next day? I was broke yesterday, but I got a few coins in my pocket. I was emotionally messed up, but now I got my praise back. Is there anybody in here that don't mind blessing the Lord right now? High five your neighbor. Tell somebody I'm glad I made it to the next day. I was hurting yesterday. I was messed up yesterday. But I'm here today because I got up today. I told God, thank you. Tell somebody you got to get up the next day. Here's what Hannah did. Let me... Let me preach this and get out of your way. After all she had been through in the previous days, the Bible says, verse 19, it's there. The next day, she got up, went back to the place where they had ridiculed her. And here's what she said, this ain't about you, preacher. I came back to worship the Lord. That's my second point. That's my third point. You got to resist the spirit to quit. Second thing you got to do is know that the next day matters more than yesterday. But here's the third thing you got to remember. You sometimes got to worship your way through. <clears throat> I know. I know I got to help you unlearn what you already learned. See, because you've been taught all your life you got to work your way through. 
but I need to help you. You can't work your way through everything. See, sometimes the answer and the strength is not in your hand. You're trying to work everything out. I'm working on the problem. And I need to submit to some of you that the reason you haven't gotten any further than you are is because you're still working on it. But when you stop working on it and start worshiping on it, you're about to get your breakthrough. I'm about to help somebody in here because there ought to be some worshipers in the house today that you still ain't got it worked out. But you know if you just worship your way out, God will work it out. Where are my worshipers in this house today? I need my worship folk in here that still ain't got what you've been praying for, but you're still worshiping the Lord. You ain't got what you've been asking for, but you keep on lifting up holy hands. You ain't got the check yet, but you're still tithing anyway. You ain't got nobody to affirm you yet, but yet you still feel affirmed in the Lord and you affirm God every day. Do I have any worshipers in here? Tell somebody I did not come to church for the folk on my pew. I came because I came to worship the Lord. Is there anybody in here today that don't mind throwing your head back, lifting your hand up, shouting unto the Most High God? Tell somebody I'm a worshiper. I ain't trying to work it out, but I am going to worship it out. I'm going to pour out everything I got. I'm going to bless the Lord with everything in me. Is there anybody in here that'll bless the Lord at all times? His praise will continually be in your mouth. My problem is still my problem, but my worship belongs to the Lord. Here's what the text says. Early in the morning, the next day, she went to church and worshiped the Lord. Y'all ain't shouting with me. Y'all ain't praising with me. I wish I had your mama and your daddy in church because they were the generation that knew how to shout anyhow. They didn't have no money yet. Y'all got the money that they've been praying for. Y'all live in the houses that they wanted to live in, but they knew how to bless the Lord anyhow. Is there anybody in here? that know how to bless God anyhow. Tell somebody I woke up with praise on my mind. I woke up to tell the Lord thank you. Do I have anybody in here that's got legs you can stand on? Why don't you use them right now and bless God? You got hands that can clap. Why don't you use them to bless God? I got a voice that can say hallelujah. Why don't you use it to bless God? I got a hand I can wave. Why don't you use it to bless the Lord? Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. I need to help you here. You got to learn how to worship your way through it. Tell somebody, worship your way through it. Worship your way through it. What do you do? How do you do that preaching? You got to worship by using the word of God. Uh-huh. Uh, you can't work out every problem in your life. Uh-huh. Tell your neighbor, you can't work it out. Quit trying. You can't fix that. 
what I'm supposed to do. Just keep on worshiping the Lord. Shout until something happens. Praise him until something happens. Dance until something happens. Run until something happens. Do whatever you got to do until the Lord see you through. Here it is. How do you do it? You do it by the word of God. How do you do it? You worship by the word. Here's what he says, Galatians 6 and 9. Let us not grow weary in well-doing. For in due season, we will reap if we do not give up. Philippians 1 and 6, I'm sure of this, that he that begun a good work in me will bring it to completion on the day of Jesus Christ. Joshua 1 and 9, have I not told you? To be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid or dismayed. For the Lord is with you everywhere you go. You got to remember the word and worship your way through. But I need to give you a couple more and I'm going to get out of your way. Tell somebody, Penina is not your problem. Uh, Penina is not really your problem. Oh, I knew y'all was going to look at me strange. Because the text says, Penina, read it when you get home. Verses 1 through 18, the Bible said, Penina taunted her. Here she is, showing up with all her Lenevahead children. Hannah ain't got no children. And she messing with her every day she saw. Elkanah said, what's wrong, Penina? I gave you more than I gave her. She said, Elkanah, this ain't about what you give me. It ain't about stuff. This, uh, I can't use the H word in church. Thanks for praying for me. This not so nice person over here is taunting me. I keep going to church. And everywhere I go, she'd get close to me and sit by me. All these seats in here, she'd bring all them children right over there by me. She know what she's doing. Every time I wear something, she try to outdo me. But I need to help you, Penina ain't your problem. You need to understand the ministry of your enemies. God has put some people in place to help you become what he wants you to be. If you don't have a penina, you stop praying short of the goal that God is trying to push you to. I wish I had somebody in here. It was when people told you what you were not going to be that you became determined to be everything they said you couldn't be. It was when people told you what you could never possess or have and that you were going to grow up to be absolutely nothing that you buckled down and did your work a little bit harder. It was when people said you would not succeed that you learned how to pray that God would be with you. Is there anybody in here that's prayed a little harder because folk got on your nerve? We wrestle not with flesh and blood, but against spiritual wickedness in high places. In other words, people and paninas are not your problem. 
They are there to push you into the destiny that God has in store for you. Every now and then, you need to thank God for the folk who talk about you. Because when they talk about you, they ain't doing nothing but building a platform. Because the Bible reminds us that he'll elevate us over our enemy. You got to tell them, thank you for lifting me higher. I never would have prayed for what God has done in my life if you had not been picking on me. Do I have anybody in here that can tell God, thank you for the folk that talked about you because they help you be what God wanted you to be. But I need to get out of here. Uh, the spirit of quitting starts in the mind. Uh-huh. After you learn how to resist the spirit of quitting, you make it to the next day. You begin to worship your way through. You realize that Penina is not your problem. You then recognize that the spirit of quitting starts with the meditations of the mind. Please get this. It's what you think about overnight that determines how you get up the next day. Uh-huh. That's why the Bible tells us be careful how we go to bed at night. Don't take a lot of anger and pain and stress to bed with you at night. Stay away from it if you can. If you want to get a good night's sleep, get some good things on your mind. You get some good things on your mind, you can wake up with the right attitude of winning the next day. You can get up and say, I can make it. I feel like going on now. Why? Because you go to bed with the right stuff on your mind. Um, Penina, Hannah got some stuff cleared up before she left the church. She said, bro, pastor, I know you think I've been drunk. She said, no, I ain't been drunk. She said, I'm just crying out to the Lord that he would hear my prayer and that he would answer my prayer and give me what I asked for. Here's what she did. She said, no, don't, don't, don't you, I'm not going to leave here and let you put that on me. And sometimes you got to get things straight because here's what she does. She said, I'm not drunk wine nor intoxicating drink, but I poured out my soul before the Lord. Do not consider your maidservant a wicked and unrighteous woman, but I am the one who makes my case known unto the Lord. Do I have anybody in here that even with misunderstood worship by your name, you make sure you get it straight with the Lord on your way to sleep. Lord, this is my true and sincere heart's desire to do your will. I don't care what people say, but you make sure you get it right with the Lord. Well, here's what happens. She gets up the next day because she goes to bed the right way. And it was the meditation of her mind, I believe, that made the difference. Here's what I believe. It's a, as a man thinking, so is he. As a woman thinking. So is she. What you think about matters. Tell somebody what you think about matters. Let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal to God, but made himself of no reputation. Touch your neighbor, tell him it ain't about you. But he took upon himself the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in the fashion of a man, he humbled himself and became obedient even unto death and death of the cross. But after that, I need to give you what it says. But God has highly exalted him and given him a name above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow on things in the earth and in heaven and under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of the Father. 
Father. Please get that because after Jesus handled it the right way, God lifted him up. I wish I had somebody under here who understood that we read earlier, it said in the process of time, if you give God some time in your situation and you handle the spirit of quitting the right way, even when folk talk you down, God will lift you up. I ought to have some folk in here that's learned how to endure some things and even when people lie on you, tell somebody, I'm waiting on God to lift me up. Well, I'm gone. I'm getting out of your way, but I need to tell you if you ever thought about quitting, you're in good company. Yeah, sometimes people try to make you feel bad because you thought about quitting. Touch your name, tell them, that's me. I thought about quitting one time before. I need to help you. There are some people who thought about quitting. David sinned and fell profoundly after he looked over and saw Bathsheba. He prayed in Psalm 51 and wrote it down. He said, Lord, if you got to take me, I'll take me. But keep on blessing Jerusalem. He thought about quitting, but he won because he didn't quit. Moses got angry because the very people who he gave up his Ivy League education and his 40-year vacation for had started partying at the foot of the mountain when he went up to get a word from the Lord. He came down in anger and threw the tablets down, but he did not quit. Hannah could have stopped coming to church because you know if the pastor talking about you, then the people in the pew are already talking about you. Elijah could have quit because mental weakness entered into his life and he could not handle the stress and the pressure. And he asked the Lord to take him out, but he did not quit. Jonah didn't even want to go and do what God told him to do. But reluctantly, he took the assignment. He did not quit. Peter denied knowing Jesus and said three times, I don't even know the man. But he came back because he would not quit. Jeremiah wrote his resignation and said, I'm going to publish this and not talk about Jesus and God anymore. But when he had another opportunity, he said it was like fire shut up in my bone. He did not quit. Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane prayed for another pathway around the pain for delivering us from sin. But tell somebody, he did not quit. He said nevertheless, and he still fought on. Well, I need to help you as I go to my seat. Tell somebody, don't quit because anything can happen. Don't quit because God might want to perform a miracle. Don't quit because you're closer to your breakthrough than you thought it. Don't quit because God will lighten your load. Has thou not known, has thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary. There is no searching of his understanding. He gives power to the faint and to them that have no might. He increases their strength, even the youth shall faint and get weary, and young men shall utterly fall. But do I have anybody in here that can say it with me as you stand on your feet? Tell your neighbor, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not get weary. They shall walk and not faint. They shall lift cross ties and preach on Sunday morning. Do I have anybody in here that know God will renew your strength? I got to get out of here, but can I give you one more? Remain standing right where you are. A powerful thing happens to you when you learn 
how to make it through your quitting season. Whisper to your neighbor, you're going to start looking different. Verse 26, put it on screen if you can get it. <laughs> Verse 26, if you can get it on screen, watch what it says. And a year later, she went back to church. Same place she had been. But they didn't recognize her. They looked at her. They said, who that is with that little old baby? It can't be the woman who couldn't have children because she was just here a year ago and she wasn't even pregnant. But tell somebody, I lived through the process of time. I quit trying to work it out and I started worshiping it out. And when you show up in the same place, somebody shout the same place. You're going to look different than you did the last time you was here. You don't look like what you've been through. You don't look like the problem that you had. You don't look like the pain that you've been enduring. You look like a winner. Do I have anybody in here that's in your winning season right now? You ought to throw your hand up and wave and tell somebody, I don't look like where I've been and what I've been through. I survived my yesterday. I got up my next day, and here I am right now.